Hello and welcome to the first episode of Diluted Confusion. Um, before we go into this episode, I want to explain what the overall theme of my podcast is going to be, um, not just for this episode, but for all my upcoming um, episodes as well. Um, I just want to explain to you that um, this is something, this is a serious podcast. Um, of course, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I am quite a, uh, I like to be the the class clown and uh, always uh, joke around, but this is a more serious side of me that I want to get out um, and show, uh, and and just, but what this episode, what this podcast is all about is basically, um, I feel like I understand society, but not completely, and um, throughout this pod, um, this, the episodes of this podcast, I want, I want it to be like more of a journey of uh, um, making sure that I am not narrow-minded on each topic that I do hit, um, as much as I'm already not, but um, I, I just want to get in more in-depth on topics, uh, which I'll go over in a moment. Um, the topics um, are, are going to be quite dark and um, stuff that pe- mainly that people wouldn't want to talk about, and um, I just want to just ease my way into the society that not many actually do talk about and um, so I'll just go straight into the topics and uh, explain uh, what kind of topics I want to discuss is um, I want to discuss topics like racism, suicide, depression, rape, sexual harassment. So that's just a handful of topics I can just uh, give out to you now that where you can understand where, okay, this is going to be quite dark. But um, if you like to listen to it, of course, that's entirely up to you. Um, of course, I'd like it if you all uh, came with me on this little journey that I'm going on um, to get a better of an, better understanding as well. Um, and... Also want to mention that, of course, um, if you'd like to, you can follow the podcast on Twitter itself um, at at Diluted Confusion um, on Twitter. Um, if you want to follow me personally, which, of course, it's not going to be... I don't tweet um, very dark stuff, but I have a bit of a sense of humour, I think. If you want to, it is at... Mr. with an M-R, not the whole word, um, Buttel, which is spelt B-H-A-T-H-A-L. And yeah, now let's get on to what this podcast, this episode of the podcast is going to be about. In this episode of Diluted Confusion, I will be discussing the oppression of six in India and modern day time. Obviously, we can always go back in time back to the Mughal Empire but I, I wanted to just keep it a bit more modern day and keep it more like in the now than in the past um, so we will be discussing the uh, Operation Blue Star the complete massacre that happened in 1984 at uh, Harimundar Sahib and uh, in Amritsar and um, we all will also be touching the topics of the what what's currently happening with the uh, Jukhtar Singh Johal with the 
the free juggy now campaign and um also um we will we'll just talk about it overall and see get more in depth on that and uh, before you all ask you all probably will people who that know me you will be asking why are you talking about this um you're not really religious and uh, what why would you want to talk about this I, I thought this podcast is for you um yes you're completely correct i i i am not religious in the slightest but i have respect for my background and want to understand things i as much as i don't believe in a lot of things i do believe in a lot of the morals in um in the religion that i was brought up to be and um this it hurt well it'll hurt any human this happening to anyone um and anything like this it, it, it's not a it's not a, a nice topic at all um in, if it were to happen to anyone in any religion um it's not a, not a nice topic at all but you do need to talk about these things and get a what get everyone on to the on, onto the right road and try to make people understand because i can see i'll be honest with you i i i, I see people tweet about it but um, I'm like, I haven't tweeted about it, mainly because I don't know what's going on. And I wonder, do any of the people who have tweeted about this situation that's happening in India actually fully understand what is going on and uh, what has happened in the past? Um, so hopefully um, this will raise awareness for that um, movement itself Um but overall, what my message was, what I want the message to come across is that something really, really bad happened. And it was, people say Operation Blue Star is the thing of the past. But if you think about it, it wasn't that long ago. That was about 30, 40 years ago now, almost, almost 40. But that, think about it. How old are your parents? And how old are you? That, that gap in between them and you and that happened in their lifetime in a way most likely uh, well if you listen to this your parents definitely lived through that that happened in their lifetime and um it, it is a quite a shocking thing even th talking about it now it is a shock now of course we can always talk about uh, things that happened in the past in history reading in the history books it wouldn't you don't feel it as much because you don't think uh, it's not in your lifetime it I'm not saying this wasn't this 1984 disaster, uh, massacre didn't happen in my lifetime, but it was so much soon before, like so close before I was born. It is quite fresh, and it shouldn't ever be forgotten. This kind of disaster, and um, yeah, so I, I will go straight into it now. And um, yeah, I've, I'm interviewing my friend. Uh, well, it's not an interview really; it's more of a discussion. And uh, obviously, I have a few questions there. Um, I do want to explain as well. This is my first ever podcast that I've done, so I do excuse. Please do excuse my uh, my nervous um, word. Uh, well, my words wasn't weren't coming out of my mouth because I was like, "Oh, this is a serious topic," and uh, I'm 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 still growing into talking about serious stuff as well. And um, I hope to God you uh, you uh, you like the podcast, and uh, yeah, your feedback is is appreciated and just leave it in the comment section if you can and uh, or if you can always you can always message me myself um, um, on Twitter and 
here we go. I'll uh, leave you to it now, and uh, you enjoy this uh, little discussion we had, and uh, hope it's hope it hope you like it. Okay, there we go. I'm going to just jump right in and explain why I want to discuss this topic with you, so you kind of get the idea of why I want to yeah. talk about it. It's mainly because obviously, a few weeks ago, well, more than a few weeks ago, um, obviously this whole. Uh, Hashtag free juggy now um, was trending on Twitter and I didn't really know what was going on and what I felt was like loads of people were doing it mainly because oh wait there's another brown guy that's been kept captive and why don't I just do a hashtag just just tweet about it anyway may not know anything to do anything about it just know that oh he's one of our community he's part of our community, the Sikh community, so why shouldn't I um, put, like, just go along with this trend on Twitter? But um, before I actually do that, I actually want to get a understanding of it, and uh, hopefully people who listen to this as well will have more of an understanding rather than just jumping on the bandwagon and not knowing what the hell's going on. So, uh, yeah, that, that's generally it, really. Um, so, of course, the whole issue of it all is really um, the oppression of Sikhs in India and possibly around the world. But I say possibly because um, I am Sikh myself, but um, I wouldn't, I've never been in that situation, so I, I can't really speak for anyone. Um, mainly probably because I've never had a Portugal or wasn't ever like I wouldn't be late if somebody if I was walking down the street I wouldn't um I wouldn't be labeled I was oh there's that sick guy probably S I C K guy there's that sick guy but not sick guys in the religion itself um so yeah let let's just jump into it I've got my friend here Bal how you doing you alright alright man good yeah probably good right, let's get let's just get on with it you know what I mean. <laughs> you you made me wait for this long. You might as well. Um, let, let's just jump into it. Good things that come to us wait, man. You know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, wait too long, man. <laughs> That's a little little digging, yeah. Whilst we're live, eh? So um, obviously, um, this the oppression. Obviously, we could always go way, way back to the. Well, from my knowledge, we can always like further my knowledge goes on oppression on sixes like back in the the Mughal Empire, um. But we don't want to go that far back. Let's uh, keep it modern day, in the past uh, twenty to fifty years, um, or wherever, however far we need to go to. But um, of course, as far as my knowledge, as a in the modern day um oppression of Sikhs, it well. In my eyes, it kind of started in uh, when uh, the the attacks in uh, at the Golden Temple in 1984. Um, of course, there must have been something going on before that or around that. So um, let's discuss that really. Um, so, what really, what was what was the what was the reason behind the whole 1984 attack from the perspective of the Indian government, do you know? Mm. 
well, how much do you know about like eighty four and like Operation Blue Star? So, like, what do you know? Like, what have you been told by like your well, parents? Well, parents never really talked to me about it because this bef- I when it ever came to that, it's a uh, it's a whole long story about my own life. Basically, I went to India about two thousand five, studied and lived there for four years, and they just assumed that I knew everything and uh, never really have that relationship to talk about um, India, what happened back then. Uh, mm. I only learned about it back when I was in Punjab myself at the time and uh, just only found out snippets of things. It wasn't really, um, it was, I think uh, from when it came to studying it in school, it was like a paragraph long. It was like a sh- really small chapter on that part and never really talked they never spoke about it in depth. So mm-hmm. all I know is the Indian government went in to get um, to, to collect. Um, well, the orders were to uh, get um, General Singh Pindrawale and um, come back out. That was the order. But of course, uh, I was a massacre on a lot of the Sikh um, um, civilians that were there, innocent bystanders, and. Um, that's all I know, and then of course the aftermath of, of course, um, um, yep. like the oppo- opposing religion, um, really, uh, yeah, it's just back and forth. Uh, no, yeah, things um, going on. yeah. I, I think I found out about it when I think I was around thirteen, fourteen. Okay, I think it was one. Uh, it was Vasaki, and there was one of those uh, Immortal Productions album that came out. And is it that the album with the um, AK forty seven while in it and all that? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it was okay, Second okay. Rising, and like I used to be into Bhangra at that time. There wasn't yeah. that many like Shahidi songs and stuff like that at that time. Okay, and I remember there was like a Tiger Star album called this. Um, oh. The Versa, was it? I think, yeah. And that like a uh, track called War Christ, and that had like it was like kind of drum and bass and stuff, and like okay. had like um, news coats in it about '84. So okay. that was the one track I heard about it. And then yeah, my mom got me that CD, and I was like, "What's this all about?" I was like, "I've never heard about this in my life before." Yeah. I was like, "I was like, I know about like everything, obviously, like up to the gurus, and I think that was." mostly yeah, up to like say Bandas in Bhadra and I was like why have I never heard about like this and it's only like probably 20 years at that time 20 30 years ago yeah it was like um it was quite like a touchy topic still at that point it was like some people that you'd go to they'd say yeah Bindrawal is a terrorist and he had occupied Hamanda Sahib and so on and he had no right to be there and then you go to somebody else and they would say, well, he had every right to be there. Like, he's he's a Jakadar, he's a part of Dhamdhani, the clan and everything. Yeah, when it came to that, like, of course, um, I know nothing about him. Um, hopefully you'll be able to educate me and maybe a few of the listeners that don't know anything about the whole situation. Um, every time I, when I was in walking around India, um, I'd, I'd see, obviously, people have pictures of him up, like, the they almost in a sense like look up to him and um, at first obviously because I didn't know I wasn't really educated on the whole story of what happened and whatnot 
Um, from what I was told, I just saw it as because obviously I, I was only a little then. Uh, I was like uh, in my teenage years at the time when I was in India, and um, it was almost like because I didn't really know much about him, I just saw him like okay, that why was he there? Obviously, the in my eyes, I I'm doing quote fingers with my hands now that um I see oh the government must be right to do what they to get him to want to get him obviously not for what they did and kill those civilians but yeah it was they're in the right to grab him if they needed him for whatever 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 was the reason which I don't know myself but um I, I it, it is yeah I I was like why was he there in the first place why is he there so yeah what why was he there then if he like to just go over that with me why was, why was he there, right? Mm-hmm. So he's he was the head of the Dumdumi Taksal. So that's basically like a like a say like a Sikh university. So okay. it's kind of basically started from like Guru Gobind Singh's time. And there were, the first Jatidars were like Banda Singh Bahadur, Bhai Gudas Ji, and so on. Okay, so like, okay. Like it's a, like that's like Sikh royalty right there, isn't it? Basically. Ah, okay, okay, okay. And like so, it's filtered through, and it's not like. Um, it's not like it's kind of chosen by popular vote who's like the leader as well. So like it's passed through. So when when he when yeah, so Santaji was like a young kid, he was like like bent on mind on like his mind was like on Sikhi constantly. And there's like one story that I heard like where he memorized the whole of Jabsaib in like five hours and did like it took me like two months to just, ah, okay. and you're telling me my man did it in five hours. Five hours, okay. <laughs> so, so what was, of course, so that's the, okay, so we got to the bottom of why he was there. So what was the, well, from what we are. Uh... So yeah, this is the thing. So when he was younger, he, mm-hmm. um, one of the Jatidars, one of the heads of the Dhammi Taksal, mm-hmm. um, basically said like, he kind of wanted him to like kind of chill with him type thing, <laughs> like um, be kind of under like an undergrad type thing and kind okay, of okay, okay, yeah, to shadow him kind of thing. Yeah, 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 basically. So he was like in that, in that he was kind of coming through that line of basically other sons, basically. Okay, so it was, okay. um, the one before him was Sant Katar Singh Pindrawale, and he was like a really good, effective preacher of the faith as well. And when he was the head, I think he was the one that passed it on to Bindramale. Okay, okay. When, I think it was around like late 70s to early 80s, mm-hmm. he was like extensively like going through the villages of Punjab and other states or cities of India. So his, like he wasn't going around like saying like kill all the Hindus and so on and there's nothing like that like if if my man was a terrorist you would be like oh yeah like his main objective would be like that type of thing to build that type of like so he was basically just preaching the religion around village to village as like, as any religious person would yeah, yeah. His, course, main, yeah. his main philosophy in like six words was mm-hmm. like give up addictions we know Punjab is like drowning in alcohol and drugs and everything yeah his message to the youth at that time was to get rid of all that and like take them rid and be good six and yeah. same with thing was like even with hindus and muslims 
It wasn't like, oh, leave your religion and become Sikh. Is a good a Hindu should become a firm Hindu and a Muslim should become a firm Muslim. Yeah, yeah. So well, his preaching was based on love. Like it wasn't any hatred to anybody or was trying to assert a su- superiority against anyone. Okay, okay. So what was what was the reason behind what the government wanted to get him for? Like, what? Why did they want him? Why, why did they need to go into him and decide to um, to collect him or kill him? Whatever their motive was, I'm not really sure. But what was the reason behind that? So. He wasn't in Harmanda Sahib as well. That, that's that's what I mean. So, Sorry, yeah. The whole, like the whole complex. So he was in the Akal Dukt. He's the, he's the Jatidar. He's allowed to be there. No, of course, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so that's on the uh, side. Yes, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, if, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So if they were going to collect him, yeah, that's... Would you really need to plan two years prior to that and make a replica of the whole complex in a valley what do you mean? So, so they, oh, so they had a replica of the whole place. They made a replica of Harmandas, like the whole complex. They made a replica in the Dune Valley in India, mm-hmm. where they, like, they practiced. Okay. Yeah. So this is the thing. They, he said himself, "If you want me, I will come." And they had arrested him for murders as well, which because okay. they had no no evidence, they had to let him go. Okay. Okay. So yeah. they they were just. They just wanted to get him for the sake of it, and uh, they just—he he was the one person that was inspiring the Sikh youth. Um, he was bringing he back to where it was meant to be. Yeah. So it was it. Um, was he? Um, from what I've read um, recently and in the past as well, was he also um, starting to become like this political figure as well? And um, is is that the reason why um, the the Indian government wanted to, uh, to to go to go collect him in a way? I don't know what the best word is to describe what they were trying to do because they did a big massive hiccup of what they were trying to do, and so it's really hard for me to really put yeah. words on what they were trying to do. But I guess in their minds, they just they wanted to probably get rid of him, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what their ulterior motive was if they wanted to crush Sikhi or whatever it was because Indira Gandhi said it was the men like the men's with turbans and beards so she's identified Sikhs okay okay there's, yeah like there's no Hindu or like Muslim that walks around with the bug and dari let's be honest yeah it's, you can stand out you, you stand out straight away you know who you are exactly yeah right so stuff like that like then he knew what they were coming for. There's um there's a general um Sabeg Singh. Have you heard about him? No, no, no. Go go ahead. So, he'd been in the Indian Army for quite a while, like like really well um decorated uh, general. Then there was um there was a promotion that he should have received, but he didn't, and they gave it to a Hindu counterpart. Mm-hmm. And at that point, then they kicked him out of the army because he received a plaque apparently and they said that was bribery and fraudulent and the plaque was only like 200 and no sorry 2500 rupees something like that mm-hmm. so they came out for that and he knew what they were planning he knew what they were doing and when he left the army and so on he he kind of got involved with 
getting back into Sikhi and became involved with Bindrawale. And this general was one of the best generals that India had at the time as well. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't really good for them. <laughs> so that's the thing. So they knew what that they knew what Indira Gandhi was going to do, what she was planning to do. So they roughly had what two hundred plus two hundred three hundred things. Yeah, that were ready to fight and die. So those guys had to fortify like the complex and knew what was coming. Okay. You you don't need seventy thousand people with tank level seventy thousand soldiers and tanks to get one man that's true yeah no i agree completely agree and um there's one thing i just want to briefly go over in regards to Bindrawale that um you um shed a light on for me because at first i was a bit um skeptical why this thing was but uh, just for more of the viewers that don't really understand and see they see a lot of Sikhs around the world um that may be um, preachers and whatnot, and um, but when they see Bindawal, they um, and they may have they may see him with uh, like a like a row of bullets on his on a strap or strapped around his body with a gun, yeah. and uh, of course at first I was like a bit confused, like oh I didn't really know that was a thing, but then you 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 uh, mentioned uh, something that is kind of. I'm kind of forgetting myself now. It's so it is written somewhere, um, that um, like uh, I forgot myself. What? Yeah, you would like to explain um, what? Okay, so say from mm-hmm. Guru Arjun Dev Ji's Shahidi, then you've got Guru um, Guru Har Gobind Ji. So from that point, Sikhs had been told to carry weapons. So then he made this like just the Dari, like ready with weapons right so you're able to fight for yourself and for others okay okay yeah so say like what would you say the difference between like a tilbar and a kirpan is uh, one's bigger say <laughs> so if they're the same size <laughs> are they actually the same size you say <laughs> if they are if they're the same si- i don't know one sounds obviously, obviously one sounds more you yeah. can that's obviously shrunken down due to les- legislation isn't it yeah, yeah. Man- Really, let you walk around with like a three foot kirpan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, it's ba- the whole thing's meant to be one is to oppress and one is to fight oppression. Okay, okay. See, so like, if okay, we got we've gone down, say like three hundred years, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. You're not going to roll around with just swords, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I'm not going to bring. I'm not going to bring a stone to a gunfight. That's true. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Now, that that no, I when you explained it to me um, uh, before, it it kind of made it definitely made sense to me. Then I just thought I'd I'd rather this come up on the on the mm-hmm. podcast itself, so other people can kind of get that side of things as well. Because I'm hopefully, well, I hope I'm not the only one that was a bit narrow minded. I didn't really think that far ahead. Um. So what I want to do now is. One more thing, like, oh, sorry, yeah. say, um, okay, so why did he have weapons in Harmanda Sahib? But he, all right, so that's one thing as well. He wasn't in Harmanda Sahib, he's in the Akal Tak. That's the temporal seat of authority for all Sikhs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where Guru Hargobind's army used to be as well. So if, uh, okay, so that'll be a, a norm thing to have there anyway. Exactly. Uh, okay, okay. So, yeah, um, for the audience as well as myself, 
how I know we keep saying obviously the Harmandir Sahib itself is the golden temple itself and the Akal Tak is how how far it's just literally in the it's in a similar area but of course no, it's, pe- in the, it's in the same complex so it's in the same complex but of course yeah. um, um, where I'm going wrong is when I say Harmandir Sahib it is just the the little the, the little part of the whole complex aren't I yeah. so I'm that's where I'm going wrong sorry for everyone that had to hear me say that nonsense but um but yeah what i want to do now is go further uh up to like around a decade before the um um um, before the operation blue star the disaster it was um to something that you mentioned to me and um i started reading up about it is the the anandbrosaib resolution of uh, 1973 Mm -hmm. and um of course, it was a quite big, quite a big statement. Um, but if you read that statement, it is more of it is the. It, it's not really so like a, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't ever look at it as a negative thing at all. I don't think anyone would anyway. Um, it, it's just it, all in all, from what I read, is just trying to um, what its purpose was is to. Um, um, the Sikhi to make sure it um, is a bit more broad into the eye of the of the the whole of India to make sure everyone in India sees Sikhism as a religion itself. Because um, was there a reason behind that um, statement? Was it a uh, was it in a way was a was Sikhi not really looked up at, at all at that, at, around that time or was there other reasons behind it? No, no, obviously it's still flourishing but like you have to remember like I think so they removed like Chandigarh from Punjab and there's been other things that were just always trying to oppress Punjab and like okay, okay. constantly because obviously like every like I would say uh, Amritsar that's there that's in Punjab right yeah. so there's just so many things they were trying to do to Punjab to just make sure Sikhi didn't flourish in a way. Because, okay, like, okay. you know, like, um, obviously Punjab is separated, so um, Pakistan, became, sorry, yeah, that became Pakistan, and we lost so much. In, in, a, in a way, do you reckon this, well, this whole statement was more of a oh, I don't want to say the wrong words um but is it more of a way of a something to put forward to the, um a statement to the government to say here here's this um but also a kind of what was a statement something written with hope for um Khalistan because i mean like india it, the government itself or whatever is behind it would uh, gave the muslims pakistan and we all know Sikhs wanted out too because with all this uh, if they're getting oppressed from this uh, whole government itself um, uh, of course without no no so we should make it clear that basically at that point Sikhs had no they didn't want to get away from India in that type of manner or oh, they okay, okay. to be like allowed to live within India as Sikhs free from like direct and indirect sorry direct and indirect interference and tampering with oh, Sikhi. So, so Khalistan wasn't even mentioned until no. later on, was it? Yeah. Okay, so let's ignore that completely. Because um, even Bindrali said, like, if the government ever do try to do anything to, like, Karmanda Saib, that's when the foundation stone for Khalistan will be set. 
Okay, okay, okay. So it's a result of actions that have caused all this. Okay, so... Okay, yeah, I completely understand that now. So, um, of course, do you think that the Indian government saw this statement as a threat and that's where the oppression um, began even deeper, would you say? 100%. Wouldn't you say, like, because with under Bengali, you would, you can see the bunker start to become, become organised. It was um, more structured. Rather, so... I would say Sikhi does flourish when it has somebody kind of not leading them, as I say, because obviously we have Guru Granth Sahib and that is our guru that we look to. But as in, when, say, like, with Bindranwale and these type of people, like, it just flourishes, if you get what I mean. Even, say, like, you've got, um, say, like, um, Jagrag Singh that passed away um, from Basile Sikhi. In his short period, like, where he was preaching Sikhi, so many people did join Sikhi and more and more that more and more learnt about it as well. Okay. But, like key individuals are needed like this. Like yeah, because yeah. they're quite a then, powerful uh, figure as well. Have these fake bubbear and like like people that run to them because they don't want to connect to the guru and like they want an easy way out. They want yeah. Uh, like, yeah. So there is that thing as well. So I'm just saying, find the right bandana. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I get what you mean. Like, of course, it, you you need that powerful um, person that knows how to speak as well. Because I, from what I've heard and also read, um, he is somebody that knew how to speak in a uh, in a powerful way, and uh, he's quite a stern figure. And um, you need that, of course, too, if you want a. Well, any anything to run, so like that's why the was so captivated by him. That, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would, I, I definitely agree with that. And because um, there's the thing, so you could go to YouTube and watch his speeches now, and even somebody would like say, who doesn't uh, fluently understand Punjabi, and if they could get the gist of what you're saying, they'd still be kind of inspired. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, it's it, it is a. Uh, it's something that, yeah, somebody when somebody speaks so um, powerfully and anyone really, I would say, and you listen to them, there is something that there would always be something that you'd take away from them to mm. that you'd learn itself. And um, so, what I also want to discuss as well is the aftermath of uh, the Operation Blue Star. Um, I want. I want, I want to call it, well, let's call it Massacre Blue Star, because um, they did a big, awful job of whatever they were trying to do. Um, of course, the assassination of uh, the Prime Minister, uh, Prime Minister Indra Gandhi by the two bodyguards, by her two bodyguards that just so happened to be sick as well, as well um, which of course, because um, um, from what I've heard that they, they would, they, she saw them as her two sons, and uh, it must have been hard for them in a way at first, but obviously they've uh, done something. Um, if she's done something to the almost the well, definitely the the heart of Sikhism. Um, that would go without saying that it would be 
I can't really put myself in their head, um, but it, it would have been a something. It, it, it would have been like your house and telling you, no, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, literally. And then, yeah, so I could imagine them just being like, okay, you did this to our belief. So bye bye. There you go. And just murdered her. I don't know how they murdered her, but, um, uh, um yeah, they, sh they shot her down. And then after that, they didn't run away or anything. They put down their guns and were arrested. Okay, okay. So they knew what they were doing. It wasn't that they were going to shoot and run away, and they knew what they were doing. They knew that this is what had to be done. Yeah. And um, so, of course, after killing Indra Gandhi, it got it took an even worse. Well, I wouldn't say even. I wouldn't ever want to compare them, but um, it definitely didn't um, do uh, take a good turn. It was um, was it was a quite a quite a big. Uh, yeah. Slaughtering in well, there's lots of uh, Hindu mobs that um, went around slaughtering Sikhs um, around. It was organized. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't like a frenzy. It was organized. Oh, so it was organized by the government itself. Yeah, because obviously they had voting papers. They knew they knew where Sikh families lived. Ah, okay, okay. So they went how to the individual yeah. houses. They didn't just find them on the streets. Yeah, and this is the thing. So with these guys, you know. The cowards as well, because um, so there's one town in, near Delhi called Maroli, and mm -hmm. there's seven, there was eight at that time. There's 18 families during November '84, and um, 17 families had somebody killed, raped, or God knows what had done to them. But there's one family, nothing happened to them, and it's like, why? What, what was so lucky about them? It's like, oh, they got the barkaris again. They were standing outside their house. They were there with weapons. And that's the thing with like obviously these guys that are burning down houses and everything. Deep down, they're cowards and like they don't want to get killed. Okay, so, okay. So it wasn't, yeah, because yeah, of course if they had the motive to kill everything that moved, they would have done it. But because they saw, okay, they're a bit of a threat. Let's not go exactly. for them. Yeah. Do as much as we can and leave. As they probably be probably paid or something. I don't know. Um, At that point, I feel. Yeah, the Akalpa should have maybe put out a hukumama that every Sikh family should arm themselves. We know this isn't safe for us at this point. Yeah, definitely. But obviously, like, I've, there was obviously blackouts and everything as well. And everything was against the key at that point. Yeah. Um... Now, of course, um, there's a lot of things going on right now, as we uh, have heard in the, over the past, I don't know how long it's been now, but it seems like a really long time for, uh, for somebody to be captive, kept captive and tortured in India itself. So um, let's talk more about the, the Free Juggy Now com campaign itself. And um, let's just... just do an overall of from as much as we know, of course, because lots of things that are happening daily um, with this. And um, well, I wouldn't say daily, but it is quite a lots of updates every now and then in regards to this. Um, so a lot of people will probably uh, be asking, what does this guy even do? What what would this guy be? What what stood out uh, to because everyone talks about nineteen eighty four, and uh, what stood out to this 
to the Indian government about this guy um, that they needed to cap, uh, go grab him because of course from what I know is definitely because he is speaking uh, well he's reminding everyone about 1984 the in India government itself as every government that have done something wrong would want that to be swept under the rug and never to be spoken about again but of course the our Sikh community is so strong that they will never forget anything that's ever ha that's ever happened to um happened to them. Um, so I could imagine, but they're they're like worrying really badly, and they're not helping themselves by in keeping Juggy um captive as well. And uh, so let's discuss about discuss this as well. So who is Juggy? So. From what I know, like, he was a blogger and a researcher. So he was a human rights activist for Sikhs. Okay. And he used to translate um, Bindrawali's, no, sorry, Santhi's um, speeches into English. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I went on Never Forget 84. Um, I think I was around 13 or 14 at that time. Okay. So it's been around for years. So this isn't something that popped up last, like, over the last year and where it's been just growing like a lot of attention, but it's been there for over over ten years now. Okay, so, okay. So, what what is this website that he does? He, is he running it? Did you say? So, from what I know, I think he was posting articles and so on. Oh, so he's um, just a member of that kind of uh, the website itself and posting articles like as a publisher itself. And what what's the website called again? Neverforget84.com. Okay. And um, so this poor guy, he went to India to get married. Yeah. And um, was it a day after he got married? He, they went to the mall or a couple of days after, what, whatever it was. They went to the mall and uh, people in... Uh, yeah, yeah, plain clothes. I think it was... Um, so he got married in October. Okay. Nearly a month after, in November, he got picked up uh, when he was shopping with his wife and his um, female relative. Okay. And okay. Uh, Punjab police picked him up, um, threw a sack over his head, and took him. Okay. And okay. For a few days, his family didn't know where he was, so he was in uh, he was in police custody, and nobody had a clue where he was or who he'd been taken by, because he was taken by plainclothes officers as well. Plainclothes officers, and also, no. what about the the relatives? Were they just left there, or were they taken with him? So, there's nothing really been said about that, but yeah, I guess they were just left behind. Okay, okay. Really, truly, he was what he was what they wanted. So he is, um, well, he's being accused of uh, a, was it a couple of assassinations or being the mastermind so, behind it, or they're saying that eight. Murders recently they tried to link him to. Okay. Um, they tried linking him to a attempted assassination of an RSS leader, okay. Um, okay. a murder of a church pastor. Okay. Just tell me what benefit does a thirty-one-year-old man from Scotland have, who has a who writes about Sikhi and gross, like, gross action against Sikhi? What's that got to do with killing? A Christian pastor. It's just, it is all mad to me as well. I don't really like, know much more about what's going what on. You, all right, like, all right. First thing, like, if you went through everything, maybe some people might be like, okay, you know what? There's certain Hindus or Hindu mobs, right? But 
the website doesn't even say that. Like, there's no, it, like, it doesn't go against, like, doesn't say, okay, go and find these type of people or go to India and do this and that. All it just says is don't forget the Shaheeds that died for a cause. Yeah. The Sikhi that you currently are living. So it's just, yeah. Those things don't make sense, how they're trying to link him to so many different things and the like the, the accusations they're making up as well. It's crazy, man. And I... Yeah, how they said he's been to Dubai to get finance. Why would Dubai finance anything in Punjab, firstly? Secondly, his brother and lawyer said that he's never been there. The, the other thing as well is um, you've mentioned something about the uh, the Indian media as well or trying to like put their little twists on things, yeah. which they've done that for years, to be honest. Like, I, you see it, um, you look at any Indian news channel now, I'll guarantee you it's not about the news, it's about opinions. Like, since when has a... If you look on the news now, I, I don't trust any news anyway, but in yeah. comparing the UK news to the Indian news, you put the channel, well, whatever channel you want to put on the news, they'll just tell you what's happened and then that's it. They will never say, oh, this happened, and I think that's terrible. They would never say that, would they? Yeah, yeah. It's always opinionated. When you go on, a, in, when you go on a, to the any Indian news channel, it'll have like one clip on that will go and repeat like a good 50 to 100 times, and um, there'll be like there'll be like a little eight, eight, eight different boxes with eight different people in there saying their opinion of what's going on, and it'll be a big massive debate show. And far as I know, this is um, that the media in India itself will not help this um, situation either. And uh, of course, we all know about um, the Indian government. They can go around and they can be uh, quite manipulative in that sense as well. And um, I know for a fact they probably help. They are behind that as well. Um, change. So what have they said, though? Um, so this is one of the things we know. Everybody in India has a price. We know that, like we know that media out there has been bought, and even the guys. Um, so say um, the chief minister of Punjab, Amrinder Singh. Yeah, he's given him a guilty verdict before he's even been presented or even charged. Mm-hmm. No inquiry or verdict from a jury, but Amrinder Singh says he's guilty. What, like, I really doubt that would happen in any other country before you've even taken my man there and, like, given him, given him a fair trial, you've pronounced him guilty. I feel, with his case, it's guilty until proven innocent. And Yeah, definitely. This would have been sweeped under the carpet so quickly if this whole Free Juggy Now campaign didn't have the momentum it has. I feel that's the only reason... They're still taking him in and out of custody. Oh, sorry, in and out of um, police. As yeah. I um, for the thing for the remands, like if nobody was talking about it, it would have been brushed under the carpet, and he would have been another statistic. No, yeah, definitely. Uh, it is a, in a way, it is a good thing. Uh, well, definitely is a good thing that um, everyone is uh, jumping on to this and. Uh, Making sure that they are um, ha- have making sure that their voice, the voice, <laughs> their voice is um, being heard in regards to this um, this campaign, the free juggy now, 
um, campaign. And um, I feel that, of course, the Sikh community itself have always been powerful in a sense that when they stand, they stand together in all things, especially because they know, for, well, history speaks for itself that the, the Sikh, um, Sikh community itself um, around the world has gone through quite a lot. And um, I hope, of course, um, that this is another thing that they will be able to get through. And, of course, Juggy um, comes home safely to Scotland. And um, hopefully this is uh, something that will help him. And, uh, obviously, justice needs uh, to be done, uh, in a sense, to... Uh, well, he he would he'd need compensating for this, of course. If he's Ford, it, drug it, trafficking, he even had a case where he was creating a fake death certificate for himself. That like all these things got brushed under the carpet. Like the doesn't okay. So the current director general of Punjab Police, yeah, Naresh Arora, he's in charge of law and order in Punjab. He black uh, he headed uh, Operation Black Thunder One and Two. These were campaigns to attack Amanda Sahib. Mm-hmm. So he's one of KPS Gill's henchmen. So like the stars on his on his shoulder has been earned by killing the youth of Punjab, the Sikh youth of Punjab. So these are the guys who are on like these are the guys that are basically sentencing Juggy and with no evidence, no proof. And he's he's a British citizen as well, a fully fledged British citizen, and I'm so surprised. Obviously the ties between Britain and India, we don't know what deals there are, arms deals and so on, import and export. Obviously, one person's life is n- not worth that much money, I guess. Yeah. And it's, so, yeah. But of like, course, um, I think we, um, we we need to wrap this up soon. Um, in regards to uh, this, of course, um, I feel like I've uh, I interrupted you there. But... Um, there's one thing I want to say. Like one thing, um, so like you know, like the older people, like say like our audience, there are some parents. Even um, one of my friends' mom, she said, "Look, yeah, Jadena, which like we don't know, and like what might happen. We we've got to go to India. We've got land out there. We've got families. Yeah, what yeah. happens? Like what happens when next time you go to India? Because you posted something about Jagios, you posted something about something Jana Singhji. Like first thing." They're trying to send like a message to all the kids of like diaspora, telling like us to stop talking about eighty four. Don't talk about what's happening in Punjab. Mind your own business. Get on with your own lives. Leave what's happening in Punjab to us. Let us build Punjab quietly, and you lot get on with what you're doing. Nah, that, it's it, it's easier said than done. Lots of people have that's families it. still there that wanna. That's the thing, man. Yeah, like they even uh, yeah, I'm the thing. Like um, he said. He's gonna make it difficult for NRIs to come in and out. Let him. Well, what's that all about? It's like before you need NRI support, and now with all of this happening, you don't want anything from outside. From even with Canada, there's recently been a gurdwara in I think it's on Ontario, and they've basically banned any India personnel, government officials, mm-hmm. from in the gurdwara. And it's not just one gurdwara. There's like a whole like community of gurdwara that have agreed this. So that's really good. Because no, that's good. Ages. This happened in um, UK. So you know when Modi came to, um, was it Wembley? Or when he came to UK, then he's at Wembley Arena, right? Mm-hmm. 
he said that there was a Khalistani extre- uh, extremist um, that was basically kind of their influence was growing in the UK. Every Gurdwara in the UK had to basically get kind of vetted by the police. That's mad. Yeah. Uh, let like, if you talk about any topic or anything to do with Sikhi, you're you're labelled an extremist. Like if tomorrow I like at the moment, like I have obviously I keep my hair and everything, but like I want to take Amrit one day. Like, it's would it be like, oh, my man's an extremist now. He's just like he's gone too far. Like, there's so many things. Like, it's never extremist with the when it comes. Yeah. Yeah. When you try to get Sikhi back to how it should be, and not like. Um, have any external uh, influences, that's when like people start getting called extremists and stuff like that. At the end of the day, you do you, whatever you feel is right about yourself, and whatever anyone else says is completely irrelevant anyway, so um, to them, they can just mind their own business and uh, just give them the two fingers, and uh, also the middle finger if you want to. But um, at the end of the day, it's about what you feel is right, and you do you. As long as you're not harming anyone, you're not an extremist at, at any sense at all. Yeah, that's true, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I, I don't know what, what's got to be done for him to come out at this point. Because I, I, I genuinely thought they would have given, like, before the end of November, they would have let him out, but it's getting to that point. because they. I think they've yeah. gone so far ahead with it now. They are, they are looking for something to quickly put him into jail and say he's guilty because I feel like they would have uh, they kept him captive to shut him up for a second um, but they've gone too deep to there's no return now for them it's they've at that point up. where like, they need evidence because this thing uh, at that point when they were torturing him he said to his uh, lawyer he's being tortured he's being uh, electrocuted like medieval third degree torture man he's like dead to him and like they made him sign blank sheets of paper. What else are they fabricating out there? Like, if there's any proof, just thinking in it, charge the guy. No, that's mad to that. The thing, there's nothing for it. You just want to silence him because he's talking about what you guys have been doing to Sikh for the last 30 plus years. No, that's crazy. Complete madness. So, what I'm going <laughs> to All right, so uh, before we wrap up, uh, is there anything uh, else you would like to say at all? I think, yeah, at this point, um, like, we even see, like, really big YouTubers say there's no need in prayers and, like, people with huge followings, like, say there's no need in retweets and there's no need in, like, bringing this out. Um, You don't need to keep talking about it. If something's going to happen, it'll happen. And the thing is, like, a small light in total darkness, like, it can make a lot of difference, man. Like, he has nobody else to be his voice at this point. So we have to make sure that we're speaking out for him. Because on a level, this could be some, this could be me, you, or even some, like, our relatives that get picked up. Like, what's going to stop this from happening after, after Jaggi's hopefully come home? Like, something is going to continue, but... If we keep talking about it, hopefully it'll stop. So we need to make sure, like, our parents and so on, our elders will tell us to stop and just leave each other there. But this is kind of an attack on us and our generation. 
Yeah, because obviously the elders will always say, oh, just leave it now, it's the past. But then again, it's you that are going to be living, your kids that are going to be living in this society. So the more you talk about it, the more it'll come to an end. And yeah, if you go back to, say, just our elders, like, we know how easily they sway, they are swayed by media. Like, if you go to, say, yeah, you got 100 seats in, in a room, ask them, was Bindar Ali a terrorist? It's probably going to be 50-50. 50% would say, yeah, he was um, he was a terrorist, he shouldn't be in there. Like, they're so easily swayed. Yeah, so but they don't know the knowledge in point. a sense, yeah. Yeah, like, luckily with us, we research and we read and we continue to go on. We just don't, li- <laughs> we don't read fake news, man, basically. Yeah, fake, fake <laughs> like, news. And that's the thing, with this, like, we need to be that generation that continues this and this is the only way that things will get better and... When we sort out our issues within our, like, problems in the Gurdwara in the UK, Canada, or wherever, like, hopefully Punjab will look to us to sort their problems out too. Yeah. And then hopefully the Bantu will flourish to what it should be. Hopefully. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to wrap this up now. Finally, it was good to have you on the show, Bao. Thank, Thank you for having and me. And no worries, no worries at all. And... Uh, for you listeners out there, probably three of you, um, probably two of them, me and one of them, my mum. Shout out to Jazz's mum. <laughs> um, um, I just want to say uh, thank you very much for listening and please do share. And please, um, the, the more you talk about um, this, the more, the better it is about the whole movement of Free Juggy now. And um, most of all, of course, be safe. And don't. I'm so sorry for interrupting you, man. But yeah, like just as you're saying, don't stop talking about it. It's not wrong to correct your parents when they're wrong as well. So when your parents are telling you he must have done something, tell them he didn't. Tell them he was educating people. And or, that's what. Or have a conversation it. about it, of course, rather than saying. Uh, yeah. you know. no, obviously, don't just say, yeah, no. <laughs> like, educate them. Like, we have to educate the people before us, man, and the no, people after us. That's true. It's all your word against theirs, but at the same time, you need to learn both points of views of well, it. That's how it is. So, yeah, I'm going to leave it as that now. And uh, hopefully, um, yeah, so there'll be another podcast, of course, about a different topic, but we'll get to that another time. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>